All right, welcome back. A few quick additions. Um, you know, I've rushed through this story the whole time, but I have to just skip back real quick, cover a few things that really affect the story. <clears throat> After I had arrived back in Philly, I think I'd spent maybe two or three weeks with my dad and come up with a plan that I could um, move <clears throat> down to uh, Tampa, Florida. My business partner, quote-unquote, from uh, West Palm Beach, just because we, we, we both had our own business at the time and we shared a building and kind of worked together. That's why I say, quote-unquote. But I figure, um, you know, we'd been talking every night. He's got a business. He's got a house. Let me move down there. So I, ha I had done that. I'd moved down for a week or two. It was just kind of a nightmare for a few reasons. Um, I mean, I wasn't going to be able to integrate with his business, I, I, you know, for a few reasons. And, um, you know, I'm really there for housing. I'm really there just to get my shit together and then kind of... Uh, it was just stressful, man. You know, his wife... Or, no... Baby mama is home with their, like, three kids within, you know, two, three years age range. So, like, two, three, five, something like that. And then I got Rocky. Rocky's looking at me like, bro. Just because he's getting, you know, like, little kids with dogs. You can't really explain to them the deal yet. So, you can't be like, all right, stop poking in the eye and pulling the tail. His arm doesn't twist like that. Please stop giving him Jolly Ranchers. All that kind of stuff. Um, and then... I also got down... I mean... Toys at work all day. That's my buddy who has the house and the family. I went with him a few days to work. But then I'm just staying at home. I got a ton of stuff to deal with. I've got lawyers and the, the police departments where there's, you know, related jurisdiction. And um, there's a lot going on. It's stressful. Also, the first night there, everybody went to bed. Uh, baby mama's brother. So my buddy's girlfriend's brother. He's like, uh, yeah, I got some weed. And we, uh, we're the only ones up. I roll a blunt the first night, the first hit. I, I feel weird. And I'm like, um, dude, this is not normal weed. This is Something's wrong with this. <laughs> Kid goes like, oh yeah, no, it's like, it's cheaper and it's stronger. Fuck. What do you, what? Not a good sign. So I'm stressed out, Rocky's stressed out. It's not the financial or career opportunity I thought. There's all this family, I mean, there's like salespeople staying there. I think at the time, I actually had a room, me and Rocky, but it was like, there's a bunch of other dogs staying there. So anyway, I left there after two weeks, having picked up the cigarette habit that I had dropped for two years. And I went back to my dad's house. So that's a, well, I went back to where my dad lived. So that's a critical uh, detail I kind of missed. And then, you know, I, 
I, I was also scrambling to reconnect with friends who were in the area, and I had, um, you know, I'd hung out with some people that I knew from back in the day, who kind of had an idea what was going on, so, like, I would meet up with friends and tell them, like, yeah, you know, I'm about to go off to this facility, but it's not for drugs and alcohol, and we had, you know, we'd all hang out, but we just didn't address the issue completely. Because I had addressed the issue completely with the kind of, with one of the same group of friends, and it just didn't like, it just kind of fell on deaf ears, and I, uh, so, there's that. So I had gone to Tampa, I picked up the cigarette thing. Hung out with some friends. And then uh, I think maybe the other big detail is just, um, you know, leading up to me going into this facility. I mean, the conversation with my dad, he was so shocked. But I was just so broken down. I mean, nothing was getting better. I had been essentially Baker acted, then volunteered to be diagnosed, then presented all that evidence, moved around, moved to Tampa, struggled down there. I mean, it was just the only light I saw, and if nothing else, was just getting some, I I mean, I needed some therapy and, and some clarity there, and But I do remember, you know, my dad just kept saying, like, they can't do this to you. He would kind of say that while he's looking down at, you know, his his plate of dinner. It's just like that. They already have. So. Yeah. Um, I do want to, you know. We, we had to cover those details, too, just moving forward. And then I'm off to Arizona. That's the inpatient facility. I didn't have a choice. I've been signed up months before. Little did I know. So I was struggling this whole time. In PA with my dad. He's got cancer. He's sick and broke. And I'm broke. We're struggling. Struggling so hard that I'm like, I got to leave here. I gotta, I'm gotta. i going to go down to Tampa. That's worse. So I go back. And then... Um, my, I mean, my car got some sort of damage, not damage, it needed a repair that I couldn't afford, so I'm like literally stuck. There's, there's, hope is fading. And frankly, I think I knew there was like a 50-50 chance at best that when I followed through with going to this next step of, you know, prescribed treatment by my parents, not a doctor, that I wasn't actually going to get, you know, the support that I needed, financially or otherwise. And I think that that was my dad's confusion, too, because he's like, all right, I don't think this is going to turn out how you hope it will. Really no other option, though. And so again, you know, about two weeks before, well, I agreed to, to go finally. 
made that decision. My dad's shocked. Okay, whatever. Told my boss at the restaurant I was working at. And I just, you know, stopped drinking, stopped smoking, get there with a clear head. Let's focus on the issue. But I get there, check in. It's a high-end facility, so it's people from all backgrounds, but everybody's got a tinge of wealthy. And then, you know, they check you in. Most people go through a, like, detox period of, like, two to, I don't know, a couple of days. Maybe a week at the most, I think, if you were, like, hardcore or something that might kill you. Um, I didn't have to do that, but still the first three days or two days or so, I'm just kind of in, like, it's such a crazy new environment, so, you know thrown in it's a couple different like main housing pods so you might stay with like three or four different if you're a guy or a mostly a guy or something you'd stay with other mostly guys guys who are either not fully transitioned or mostly transitioned into I don't know how that works now but it's a concern I think we should probably shut down these facilities and figure out the concern. Um, so you know, you're that's a joke. So uh, right away, you're in with a you know a bunch of strangers. Meals are in groups of you know everybody, and then you get assigned therapy. You know, core therapy groups. Everybody meets up at night, you know, at least once to kind of like, hey, here's who I am, here's what's going, here's why I'm here. Yeah, it's a trip, but it's a beautiful situation though too, because it's in the middle of the desert, there's wildlife everywhere, plant life, all that kind of stuff. Everything's calm. You know, everything's focused towards, well, for one, <clears throat> it also takes you a few days to just adjust to no TV, no cell phone, none of it. And that was all I was doing. It was like Netflix, YouTube, cell phone. Yeah. That's a beautiful thing. I, I mean... You could literally just open a motel where people check in their 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 phone, and it would that would catch on. Just that if you just had rooms, I think that would catch on. But um, yeah, you know, after like two three days, start acclimating. I'm getting three healthy meals a day now instead of one healthy meal. I'm starting to you know meet people and tell the story and. You know, also after two, three days, like, you literally know everybody there. Like, you finally met, which for me is like, all right, that's what I need. Um, and there's cool people. There's, I mean, made a few friends. You'd be surprised also, you know, who you make a friend with. 
there's always like new new fish coming in the tank and people leaving and stuff. It's a weird environment. I mean, it's weird when you get there and then you like it and then you realize, oh shit, I gotta leave. Um, and then you're out and, 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 and it is back to reality and you're, there's almost no connection to what you just went through unless there's like a supporting background. But back to the story, I arrive at this place get my room, go through the initial, you know, they, they check you for drugs and alcohol and I'm clean. So I don't have to go through a detox. I'm like into the population. You get a room, you have your own bed and dresser, but everything's open. You do get like a little safe. I didn't bring anything for me. That was like a lighter and cigarettes. I had picked up the cigarette habit again in Tampa after two years of not smoking cigarettes, to the point where I tried smoking cigarettes when the drama went down, it made me sick. Like, the drama of just having... Yeah, who cares? Mm. And, um, you know, you start, like, a different therapy thing. Because what I was doing before was, like, an emergency bullshit deal, another bullshit diagnostic, but everything's super intense. And now I'm in, like, frankly, not what I would have asked for because I would have wanted a you know male trauma specific facility and there are several and you can choose and and they probably wane and wax in their effectiveness throughout the years and so on but uh, this was frankly more of a facility towards um, well it was just more broad it's not that it was towards anything else but there are facilities that are for, you know, like if you're a male who has gone through sexual trauma, there are facilities for that where you can go and that's, that is the focus. And then of course, guys who are in that program are going to have a lot of the same issues. But it's just, you know, if, you, if you're able to focus on the main issue more, it's, it's more effective. So... This facility is pretty broad. People from all backgrounds and spectrums, ethnicities, and so forth. Although, granted, if you're there, you, you, your family has resources. I was certainly the... I would say the least resourced person there at the time. Only be well for a lot of reasons, but I mean, literally, kids would show up for no reason at like the cigarette area wearing a twenty-five thousand dollar Rolex, thirty thousand dollar Rolex. You go, bro, you brought that here. I mean, I still had a nice watch, I, but I wasn't gonna bring it to a community of delinquents and addicts what are you doing um yeah those same kids adults like their parents would come eventually to visit in their own private jet and just talk about it for like the entire time you met them 
Like, dude, your family's pretty nice. It sounds like they have a jet. <laughs> um, they sound friendly. <sighs> Some of the nicest people on the planet. Some of the, I mean, and then like one or two absolute douchebags. I'm talking about the, well, the whole community. But no, it's great. I mean, they give you great food. They sl slow down your pace. If you're on drugs, they get you off them, get you kind of calm down and re relieve all that. And then in a safe environment, start telling other people your story. I remember one of the therapists basically saying, it was like the day after the first time I had told my story in front of a therapist and then another dude. Who I, I really like that dude. We, we, we became buddies. I haven't talked to him in a while, but good dude. It felt so good because I told my story like in a panic to like ER doctors and therapists, like police officers, obviously to my family members and s some friends. But um, that was the first time I had told it in front of a stranger. I remember I literally knocked out. I think I literally covered like my disclosure through that point coherently. And I think I covered it in like 45 minutes. I wish I could do that for a podcast. Holy shit. And I look at this dude and I go, that's my story. Can you beat that? He just laughs and the therapist laughs. But um, my point was the next day, different therapist, guy made the comment and he's like, you know, really what you're trying to do is you're trying to get to just saying your story like 50 times or 100 times. Because the, yeah. the first time, you can't say it. The fifth time, it gets easier. So, for me, in a lot of ways, this is uh, the first time. And for some components, it's like the hundredth time, so it's a lot easier. But uh, yeah, no, if you've uh, if you've been through trauma, you gotta get to a point where uh, you can calmly tell your story. 50 times or 100 times and that's a whole process so it's like don't go start a podcast and <laughs> yeah don't don't do this I've been through a lot to be able to want to do this and tell my story and feel like it's uh 
Um, you know, it's not damaging me. It's not, it, it doesn't hurt. I get a little caught up just re reflecting on all these memories, but um, no, telling the story is, I mean, frankly, I, I want to go back and re-record some of these episodes, and I don't know if I replace them. Maybe it just all goes into a book. Who knows? All right, well, that's the kind of the setup for what I'm about to go through here in Arizona. Let's make a new episode about that because it's so cool. Like, it's so transformative. Nobody gets that. So few people get this weird opportunity that I was frankly forced into in, in, a, in an abusive relationship with my family. And then there's so many people who get this opportunity who just don't even get it. Um, and by that opportunity, I mean like going to a... Be, well, just being able to spend, let's say, a month, a month of your life just focused on you... Um, uh, you know, your health, your mental health, your, how that tie, you know, how that came about, your family, how that ties in. That's for everybody. That's not for me. All these people are finding out why they did these different drugs and things, and it's all the same shit. In that it's a solution for trauma that worked initially and didn't, or trauma that they couldn't have controlled or, you know. It's all the same stuff. Fascinating, though. Fascinating. And so, um, man, I mean, that's what, um, I'm going to end this here in a second, but that's what our prisons should be. You're like, what just happened? Did you just say prisons? Nah, relax. No, but that should be what our prisons are. We have people who are going through mental health issues at what, I mean, even at the most ex extreme degree. Certainly people who should not be released. But if you've got somebody who's committed a crime related to, there's a huge section. But the, my point is the prisons should be for the dangerous people, the Corbin Tracys and so on. Rapists, pedophiles, people who are murderers and so on. But if, you know, if we've got people in there for stuff that we know is related to, realistically, just the environment they grew up in, some trauma. You know, let's take people on that in that space and so on. It's it's so expensive to house. I, I'm sorry. This could be a different episode. It costs so much to house a prisoner. It's more than it costs to like put somebody through the same facility I went through. Which is like a high-end facility that like there were there, there were people at the facility that would allude to all sorts of celebrities that had been there. Frankly, a celebrity it didn't matter to me at all, showed up at one point. It was that kind of a place. But, 
I mean... It's not like people were fanning you and feeding you, you know, whatever, sliced fruit and stuff. You could literally mimic that environment the same way other countries have and change our whole country. I've just, I mean, the changes I saw. And it's just, there's so much of that that's bullshit. And by that I mean, um, oh, I don't know, general uh, pop psychology, just stepped in it there. That's not that's not what I mean. There's so much of uh psychology that's been corrupted by the internet, I guess. And then there's just a lot of psychiatrists who aren't good. And facilities who aren't good. And I've actually heard that this same facility is not anywhere near as good anymore. I'm sure it's still good. All right, well, uh, thanks for listening. We're going to pick up. I'm going to talk a little bit more in depth about this experience vaguely about some of the people I met and then uh, towards the end of this day uh, things get interesting again you'd think it'd be mellow the whole time but uh, people die and um, all sorts of crazy stuff sex lies and phone calls I think that might be the title alright I'm tired 26 minutes long. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon. See ya.